Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Amen to that, and good morning, Garfield. How are you? Fantastic. There's something that I do at South Euclid. I'm not going to do it here. You know, we have a whole lot of fun over at South Euclid. We get up, we greet one another, we dance. In, no, we don't. We don't dance in the aisles yet. Give us time. But, but God bless you. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Stephen Furr. I'm one of the teaching pastors here uh, at Garfield. And I'm excited about what the Lord is doing here at Garfield. And I'm excited to see you. But I have to do a little bit of what we do. Everybody stand up real quick. Everybody stand up real quick. All right. And, and just greet your neighbor. Just f- find a neighbor and give him a high five, a handshake, elbow. Tell him you're glad to see him. Welcome him to the house of the Lord. Hey, yeah, there you go. That's fantastic. Everybody, uh, I see somebody, there you go. Somebody, right here. There you, you got somebody, okay. Everybody gets a greet. All right, that's it. That's the, see, don't you feel better? All right. All right. So again, we're, we're excited about uh, what the Lord is doing today. Boy, we're having a time. Okay. All right. So, so we are, we are we're coming to the end of, of, of a series, um, uh, Diners, Driving, and Dives. And today, my message comes from uh, St. John chapter 6, and uh, Jesus, the bread of life. Uh, Jesus, the bread of life. And uh, what I'm going to do, something a little different, I'm always trying to learn how to preach better. You know, I've been preaching for a long time, but you, you know, you got to keep on trying to get better at what you do. So what I'm going to do is kind of give the, a synopsis. I'm going to preach the sermon before the sermon. And, and that way, if I get off track, you already got the sermon. So <laughs> whatever, I already gave you a sermon. Uh, and, and so he, here's, here's the message. Uh, Jesus presents himself as the bread of life. Now, throughout the whole ministry of Jesus, he keeps referring back to this idea of water, bread, and hunger. Water, bread, and hunger. And so the question becomes, when you just read through his ministry, why does he do this? Well, one of the reasons is because every human being uh, understands hunger. Like, we know what it means to, to have hunger, right? And so regardless of your age, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, regardless of your socioeconomic standing, regardless of whatever, everyone has a hunger, right? We get hunger. And so Jesus presents himself as the bread of life. And in the text, we read that Jesus says, if you eat, uh, I am the bread of life. If you eat of the bread of life, you shall never hunger and you shall never thirst. Now, obviously, he's not talking about physical hunger. Because we know the disciples, after they received Jesus, continued to eat and drink. Okay? But he's talking about a spiritual hunger. And so the, so the message today for us who, who are believers is this. It's a challenge message. 
it's a challenge because there's many of us who are sitting here who are believers, who love Jesus. We're Jesus-loving people for the most part. If you're here, you're here because you're a Jesus-loving person. Amen? Amen. All right. But, but many of us would, would still say, well, I do love the Lord and I, and I do consider myself a Christian, uh, but I still experience a type of spiritual hunger. Other words, there's some emptiness in there and I'm still searching. I'm still searching. But, 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 there's, there, but there's a problem. Because if Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of life, he who comes to me should never hunger and thirst. If, if I have Christ, why do I still experience hunger? Well, what's hunger? That, that sense of emptiness, that void, the sense of, of longing and becoming, of being someone with a purpose and so on. And so we're going to explore that today. We're going to dig a little deeper today. The challenge for the church in this generation is to dig a little deeper. Everybody say dig a little deeper. All right. And so, so that, that's, so see there, that's a whole sermon. Go home. No, uh, but, but, but we got to dig a little deeper. We're kind of living in a, in a reformation. Now, for those of you who are a little younger, uh, you, you may not understand uh, that, that many of the terms of our faith are being def- redefined. So uh, Christ is being redefined. Uh, eternal life, uh, the principles of our faith are being redefined. And if you're not careful, the Jesus you're talking about is different than the Jesus other people are talking about when they say Jesus. So if you don't get to uh, what the scriptures teach about Jesus, and most importantly, what Jesus says about Jesus, you have to find out what Jesus said about himself and block out the noise because all it is is noise. You, you know, we live in a, in a society of a lot of talking heads and most of them don't know what they're talking about. You have people talking about the urban center never lived in it. I'll say that again. I'll say it slow. That hits you kind of fast. You have people telling me everything about urban centers who never once lived there one day in their life and call themselves experts. That is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is totally, completely ridiculous. That's like saying, I know all about, okay, let me say it like this. Okay, okay, now you guys know me by now. Okay, all right, so if you go on the backside of a cake mix and read all the ingredients, just because you can read well does not mean you know how to bake a cake. Okay, okay. okay. Just because you can read doesn't mean you know how to bake. That means you know how to read. So just because you can go to classes and read the books on it don't mean you know nothing about it. Okay, all right. You see, but this is kind of what's happening in our faith system. And so we have to be challenged not just to read about Jesus, but to eat this bread. Eat the bread. Don't read about the bread. Eat the bread. Don't talk about prayer. Pray. Oh, prayer this, prayer that, prayer this, prayer that. How long did you actually pray? Y'all feeling me? So that's what this sermon's about. There you go. We're good. All right, we're there. All right, so, so Jesus is dealing with these folks and helping them to understand that he's the bread of life because bread is no good if you don't eat it. You got to eat the bread. You can't just say, boy, that, 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 that bread looks tasty. You got to eat the bread. All right. So let, let's dig a little bit deeper into this whole idea of hunger. Hunger. Hunger and thirst. Okay? Throughout his whole entire ministry, Jesus deals with hunger. Think about the woman at the well, for example. Like Jesus meets this woman at the well, and she's there to, to gather what? Natural water. Like she's going to get some water. 
right? And so Jesus hollers at her. You know, I'm just using, you know, like this is just a man talking to a woman. Now, of course, when we read the scriptures, we read it like, and Jesus said to the woman, woman, give us thou for me to drinketh. And she said, why are you speaking? That's not how it went. There's this guy. She don't know him from any other guy. It's just a guy. And so she's getting some water. She got her pot. You know, she's looking all cute and everything. She's looking all good. You know what I'm saying? She got her pot. And so she's carrying her pot and she's getting some water. And so while she getting, this is her perspective. And while she's getting some water, she knows there's this guy over here. And so this guy hollers at her and say, like, if it's you and I'm Jesus, yo, girl, what's happening? How you feeling? <laughs> Hook me up. Give me some water. And she like, how you how you hollering at me? You, you know, you know, y'all don't fool with us. I don't even know why why you, but why you tripping? Why you hollering at us, knowing that y'all don't deal with us? And then Jesus said, well, if you knew who you was talking to, I would give you some living water. And she like, oh, okay, that's a line. Okay, oh, ooh, I I got I got to tell him about this dude. And and so 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 she said, okay, okay then. Living water. Give me this water. And then he begins to reveal himself to her, and then he says to her, Where's your man at? Like that. Where your man at? Like that. And she said, I ain't got no man. <laughs> you know? Because maybe she's thinking, maybe he do got some living water. So where your man at? You know, because hey, maybe I can do better. All right. So that's just how I read the text. Don't get offended. You don't have to read it that way. You can, stay, you can say King James if you want to. I'm reading it like this. Okay, so, so what happened was he begins to reveal her, himself and she begins to receive his testimony. And when he reveals, she says, I perceive you're not a prophet. When he says, you don't have a man and the one you're with now is not your husband. She, she says, I perceive you're a prophet. Now, when he begins to speak like that, what's happening is he's beginning to fill the empty spaces. Oh, y'all got to follow this. He's filling those empty spaces in her life. He doesn't care about, he's not uh, trying to judge her on men and all that. These are the empty spaces he's speaking to. I perceive thou art a prophet. And then they start talking about worship. And finally, she, 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 listen, don't ever think that just because there's a woman in the middle of the day and she had different husbands and she don't know nothing about God. See, that's the, that's the failure of the church. The church thinks because people ain't walk around in ties and saying, Jesus, hallelujah, they don't know nothing about God. She said, well, when Messiah comes, he'll show us all things. And then Jesus reveals himself. I am him. This is what she does, folks. She leaves her water pot. She went there to get water. She leaves the water pot. She forgot all about water. And she leaves the water pot. She runs back to town and she says, come see a man. You see what happens? He fills the empty spaces in her life. So this repeats over and over and over in his ministry. He deals with the hunger and the thirst in people. And here is the promise. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, they may not understand that they're thirsting for righteousness or right standing with God, but that's what it is. And here's the promise. They'll be filled. Hunger has, a, has the potential of driving us 
And the Lord does not want our lives to be driven. See, it'll drive you. It'll put you in places and have you doing things that you never dreamed you would do because you're being driven by your hunger and the need to fill empty places and empty spaces in your life. But he would rather do what? Come into your life and lead you. It's a cooperative kind of thing. The Lord doesn't want to drive you. He won't make you serve him. Amen? All right. So let's dig a little deeper. What's my next slide? Come on. So he goes on in his teaching. He talks about everlasting life. Right? Now, here's the the next thing. When we receive Christ, he gives us everlasting life. Now, Now, for those of us, again, in the church, here's the challenge. How many have heard this term before? Lift your hand up real quick. All right? Most of us think everlasting life is what happens when? After you die. Do you know that's, that's incomplete? That's actually not completely true. And this is why we're not full. Because most of us love Jesus, but we sure wish we could have something right now. Y'all quiet. Y'all good? We love Jesus, but we sure wish we could have something right now. But this is what everlasting life is. Everlasting life is the present reality of a true relationship and knowledge of the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, and the future promise of the resurrection. Let's deal with the present reality. The present reality is the reality of a real relationship with God. So the filling of the bread is relationship. Relationship with God. So this is where the emptiness comes in for a lot of true believers. If you treat your relationship like a religion, your relationship with God will leave you with empty spaces in your life. If you treat, okay, so we're about to, okay, we're about to go to the Lord's table. And here are the elements. And Jesus on that day took the bread and broke it and da 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 da. Crackers and juice, crackers and juice. Everybody wants some crackers and juice. Crackers and see if it's just crackers and juice. Okay, well, okay. You will walk away from that. When crisis comes, you will walk away from rituals because they're just rituals. Now it's up to you to take the actual word of God and give it worth. Do you know what worship actually is? It should be the proper way to understand worship versus ritual. Ritual is when you do something that represents something that may, that may or may not be right before God. I hope it is, so I'm going to do it, and maybe God will receive it. So you down here jumping around hoping that maybe, oh God, I'm cutting myself. Oh God, oh, oh, I'm desperate after you. I, I, I hate that song. I'm chasing after you. I'm what I'm gonna do. I need you. He ain't running from you. Stop chasing after God. Stop chasing after God. No, Pastor Fur, you just we, you know what we mean. No, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's bad theology. Stop chasing God because God ain't running from you. It paints the wrong picture in your mind. God is not running from you. He came all the way from glory down. He came all the way from there. Came on, put on flesh, went to the cross, died, and sits in front of your face. You ain't got to chase after God. 
No, don't even, don't even, I don't care. I like the song. I like the beat. I like the move. I like the energy. Let's keep that energy, but change those words. Let's change those. You are not chasing after God because God ain't running from you. No, it's the value we place on it. So if his, if Jesus says, take, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. The onus is not on him. He already broke the body. It's on us to take this and make it mean something. That's why you hear me, I fuss preach, don't I? Yeah, you know I do. Yeah, yeah, because it's on us to put the value there. Because we can place value on what we want to place value on. We can place value on the Super Bowl, on the NFL draft, or we can place value in the house of God. If I only want to give God 51 minutes on Sunday morning, 55 minutes, oh, please don't go over because the people watching will have a meltdown and their heads will explode if you go 35 minutes versus 30 because all of the hard data have proven people, that's a bunch of junk and bunk. That's garbage. That is garbage. When people's hearts are involved and their lives are being changed, they will watch you and watch you and watch you. Have you ever truly been hungry? Have you ever truly been hungry? Has your soul ever been seeping out of your ear and you're finally hearing words that will save you? Do you know what's really frustrating? What's really frustrating is when someone's actually ministering something and they turn it off. Because time done. Thank you. Have a nice day. That means we don't believe what we're doing. But let me tell you the truth. It's up to us to put the value where the value is. So when we go back to the words of Jesus in the present reality of a relationship and take his words and do them. This is my body, which is broken for you. And do what he said. And as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Go there. Go there. Don't just be hanging around. Yeah, child. Ooh, ooh, boy, these crackers taste funny. This cracker tastes funny to you? Is this a rich cracker? Or where do they get these crackers from? That's on you. Okay, I'll move on. Y'all, y'all looking at me funny. Let me move on. Okay, it's the present reality of a true relationship. And so he calls, so, so it's a true relationship. And the future promise is the promise of the resurrection. So yes, this part is correct. We have this part. But it's a real relationship. Because he, now we sing the songs. Like that's why hymns are, are good to hang on to. Even if we don't sing them in, over here, you, you, they're good. Because they, they're saying something that have a little depth to it. Listen to this line. He speaks. And the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. And the voice I hear. You see, that's relationship, isn't it? You see, you start talking about he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. I need a little bit of that right now. I don't need I'm chasing after you. Don't know what I'm going to do. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need the idea I'm chasing God and he running from me. That's not going to help me. I don't need the desperation songs because the desperation songs do not properly reflect what Jesus actually said. I'm not beating up all the songs. Some of them are great, but some of them are not great. 
And some of the hymns aren't great too, by the way, since I'm beating up on songs. Some of them ain't like, what we saying here? Okay, so follow, so follow. So we have to get what Christ has said. Let's go to the next one. I don't know what it is. I forgot. Watch this. What is everlasting life? Jesus spoke those words, Father, the hours come, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you, as you've given him authority over all flesh, that he should give what? Eternal life. In the Greek, the word eternal, everlasting is the same Greek word. I don't know why they translated eternal one place, everlasting another. Who knows? To give eternal life to as many as you've given him, and this is life eternal. What is it, Pastor Fur? That they may what? Know you. And the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you said. So he wants to have a real relationship with you. A real relationship. So watch this. Any, anytime you go and you look at how Jesus was interacting with, with the Father in his ministry, put yourself in that place. Because Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus is showing us how we should relate to the Father. That's why he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, my Father's the husbandman. He's trying to show you how you should be relating to the Father. Think, think about it this way. Every jacked up thing that's ever happened to you in your life came through somebody. Don't look to that person. He may be to your left or your right. <laughs> be still. Look straight ahead. But think about it. Things are introduced to us through relationship, good or bad. We're relational beings. So God knows that, so he built us for relationship, real relationship. When we have real relationship, empty spaces are filled in our life. Amen. What's the next one? Praise the Lord. Those who come to Christ will not be cast out. Jesus said this, all the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You will never reach for him and he push you away. Like he's inviting you into that deeper place, that deeper walk. So here's the challenge for us today. We have to eat the bread. Right? And Jesus said earlier, he said, you know, you see me, but you don't believe me. So how do we, Pastor, how do we eat this bread? How do we take in Christ? Here's the challenge for you. I call it the St. John Challenge. We done it one time in, a, in a, one of our small groups before I came here in different ministry. We called it the Christ Encounter. The Christ Encounter. We went through the book of John and we just read it. Matter of fact, we had a little uh, online narrator read the book of John to us. And, and, the, and the challenge was just to listen to what Jesus said. Block out the noise because there's a lot of noise out there about Jesus. Let Jesus explain himself to you in his own words. You don't got to believe the brown dude in the, blue, in the blue outfit on Sunday morning. Forget us because God is, God is big enough to talk to you on his own. He ain't scared of you. God will talk to you. You, you ain't got to believe a word I say. You, you pick up your Bible on your own, go to the scripture. Go to John and just read what he said. And everything he said, you take it in. And I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you so bad. You're going to find God to be a big old blabbermouth. You're going, man, would you stop talking to me and leave me alone? Let me go sleep. Okay, because he wants to talk to you so bad. God wants to reveal himself to you so bad. Because he knows that's how the empty spaces in your life are filled. And let me tell you this. When the light comes in, the darkness goes out. You don't have to worry about being delivered from dark things. Dark things leave when light things come in. 
You let him in, the dark stuff will go out. You let, you, you let, when you get real love, everything that's not real goes away. You'll let go of dum-dum real fast. Okay, I messed up. Uh, let me call him dum-dum. You'll let go of dum-dum real fast. You, you know the stuff that you hate to love and love to hate? All of that weird kind of, well, like, I don't know why, I just can't, I know it's wrong, and I know, it, I, know, I know he really don't love me, I know she really don't love me, but I just can't let him go. That old, that twisted stuff that's in our souls, that's hunger. Right? The only person who can really truly fix that, counseling really can't even fix it, not completely. Because no matter how much you do it, just something's still going to be drawing you back to it because being, it's driven by a hunger. And when Jesus feels that with a, a, a real relationship, you gladly let the other stuff go. I'm not, talking about re, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm not talking about rituals. I'm talking about a relationship. So much so that when the Holy Spirit will just tell you, man, sister, you need, uh, I talk to you because I can see you. You, you. you need to leave that alone. Really? For real? For real. He look good, don't he? Take a picture. <laughs> Girl, he look like the rock. Well, that's okay. Uh, he ain't. Leave <laughs> alone. No, leave that alone. That'll kill you. So let me, let me have you, because you guys know I like to tell on myself. So, so lately I've been binging. I had lost weight. I was doing real good. My vest was coming this way instead of going this way. I was looking good. I was, you know, I was feeling myself. Look at boy, look at you, boy, look at you. I was walking past mirrors, stopping, like, check me out. You know, I was looking good. So when you start, you know, smelling yourself, you know, you start falling off. So I was walking down the aisle one day, minding my own business, giant eagle. Dun, dun, dun. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody. Ooh, chessmen cookies. Ooh. Ooh, two for six dollars. That's a deal. That is a deal. Is that a deal? That's a deal. I'm gonna get me some. So I'm sitting here watching the playoff games. They're gonna get swept. Brooklyn gonna get swept. So I'm just killing these cookies. Next thing I know, I threw the bag away. I ate a whole thing in there. Next thing I the next day, another playoff game. So my wife, baby, you binging. Listen, woman, telling me I'm binging. Yeah, but I am. So I'm, you know, so, so yesterday I'm walking down the aisle and I'm shopping for the day, you know, because I got my little meeting tonight and I'm cooking for the night. I cook good. Y'all should come to the Acts 242 gathering. That's another story. I'll invite y'all later. So, so I'm walking down the aisle and I, and I got all the stuff I'm supposed to have. And something said, you need to go get them chessmen cookies. Was it God? No. It wasn't even the devil. It was my flesh. It was Stephen, like, dude, chessmen cookies. And I'm like, I'm going to get them. And, and, and the Lord so sweetly said, no, you have to make a decision. Is it sin? No. But you need to be healthy. So I want you to make a choice. I want you to choose. Now, you already bought a bag of Twizzlers. And you really don't like them that much, so you're only going to eat a couple. 
and you made rules and you're going to share them with your son and, and family. I just want you to make a choice. I said, okay. And I said, thank you, Lord. And I made a choice, and I took the Twizzlers home, and I said, I didn't hide them. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Jesus. No, I'm not going to get emotional. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but the point I'm trying to make is some of the changes that you make in your life that God makes for you, they're not always earth shattering, but he just talks to your heart so you can be better, healthy, happy, better. See, if you're religious, some, some religious person, God would never talk to you. I could have learned that at the, at the new, you could have. But I didn't. The Holy Spirit told me, nah, 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 I got the Holy Ghost. He told me, so what? I don't care how you get it, you get it. Are you following what I'm trying to get you to see? Your relationship is your relationship. My relationship with God is my relationship with God. Whatever he needs to talk to you about so that your life can be powerful, productive, a blessing, joyful, peaceful, and full. That's what he's trying to get. Now, he may never have to talk to you about Chessman cookies. Maybe you got Chessman cookies on lock. But there's other stuff you may not have on lock. Let me go to the next one. Y'all don't got an attitude. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Christ came to the world that the world might be saved. He didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world. But for what reason? The world through him could be saved. Amen. What do we have to do? Believe. Believe him fully is my point here. What does it say? The word is nigh thee, even your heart and your mouth. You have everything it takes to consume all of Christ. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. See, that's the plain, simple way to salvation. I'm going to say this to you. It's going to shake your world. Jesus didn't come to love the world. He came to save the world. God so loved the world, he gave his son. The son came to save the world. He needs to save you. His love saves. His love doesn't just give you a hug. Like you about to blow your brains out. Come here, give me a hug. No, his love takes the gun. His love fixes the heart so you don't try to kill yourself. His love, this is don't say, oh, oh, oh. No, his love saves your life. His love takes the bullet out the gun, takes the gun, fix the heart, fills all the empty spaces inside of you so you ain't trying to kill yourself. Jesus came to do this. Save. His love is always redemptive and productive. It saves. How do we get to salvation? You have everything that it takes. Confess and believe. Let's go to the next one. I caught a hold of this prayer in my prayer time and I've been sharing it with everybody. How do we respond to such a word like this? Lord Jesus, I believe you and I confess you as Lord of my life. It's just that simple. Your chair is your altar. Your car is your altar. Wherever, you're at, wherever you are and all of these truths begin to dawn on your heart and you go, I get it. Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. You could be just laying in your bed and all of a sudden, I get it. Jesus is the bread of life. What do I do? How do I respond? This is one way you can do it. 
Lord Jesus, I believe you. I confess you as Lord of my life today. And, I, and he won't cash you out. He like, hey, now you're cooking with gas, girl. Let's get it. Let me show you how to do life. Let me show you how to do life. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Let me show you how to do depression. Show you how to walk through it. This is how you do it. No condemnation, nowhere. Now some of his crazy kids may get on your nerves because Jesus got some crazy kids. Some of them in the room right now. Don't look to your left or to your right. They might, look, they might be looking at you, but, 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 but he, won't do, he won't cash you out. He won't, you gotta ignore the kids because see, they, it ain't their house, it's his house. It ain't, it ain't they, they table, it's his table. Don't, don't worry about them. But he won't cast you out. So I want you today, I'm gonna pray over the house. And maybe this is your day to pray that prayer. Maybe you've already prayed the prayer. You're saying, Pastor Fred, what do I do with this message? You can pray this over. It doesn't mean he's not Lord already, but there's some things in your life that you need to give him lordship over. Lord, I had to give God lordship over my health and find out what's driving me. I need to be led. And to be led, he has to be Lord so I can be led. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the opportunity to share such a word. And our prayer is that your people would catch hold today. Some may be praying this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you. And Lord, I receive you as Lord of my life today. Let these truths burn into their heart and let us walk therein. In Jesus' name, amen.